turn to the book of Galatians chapter 5. Book of Galatians chapter 5. And don't throw those sheets away. Tomorrow night we'll be taking a look at our passage in Philippians, which is our theme for the year. But I wanted to take a step back a little bit here as we prepare our hearts for our annual days of prayer. In Galatians 5 and verse 17, we really have a dichotomy between two entities, one a person and one a nature. It says, For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. Verse 17. What we note here in this verse is that there is a description of our spiritual warfare. There's all kinds of ideas about spiritual warfare today that are not in your Scripture. What we have here is the spiritual warfare in which our sinful nature, here called the flesh, has its desire. Everybody see that? It has its desire. It has its desire about every aspect of your life. And one of the problems is, is when you grow older, it knows you better. But also, the Spirit of God has desire. And that really is the warfare. The warfare is two opposing sets of desires. And if you've been saved for any length of time, you have, I'm going to use this word advisedly, but you have felt those desires at battle. And when we come to a time of prayer, I suppose that there is no other time in which the battle is on full scale. Our flesh has a desire concerning our gathering here tonight. And it has an instrument in which to conduct its warfare, and that is the members of your body. And every one of us experiences this warfare, you might want to say, at all times, but sometimes it kind of backs up and re-strategizes to come against you. We all experience this, and we all experience it as believing people when we're thinking about praying. And I have seven things down here in which every one of us 
needs to be concerned about and that we need to recognize as war against our souls. Number one, you can come tonight to this annual days of prayer, days that have been set aside for us to seek the face of the Lord for the upcoming year. You can come tonight unmotivated to pray. Have you ever experienced that? That unmotivation is not coming from the Spirit of God. Where is it coming from? Our flesh. I don't feel like praying. And folks, many times believing people will say, well, I don't feel like praying, therefore it's not God's will for me to pray. When the text says, pray without... But we all have to deal with a non-motivation to do it. And folks, we've got to recognize where that's coming from. And once we recognize where it's coming from, then we're able to deal with it. How do you deal with this? Well, you deal with it like any other thing. You confess it to God and ask Him to give you the motivation. Right? And folks, being unmotivated or coming to these three days of really, I could use the word holy days in the life of our assembly. What we're doing these three days is not less than preaching. It's not more than preaching. But it is as important in the life of our church as the day in, week in, week out preaching of the Word of God. And that is for us to have a motivation to pray. And folks, you know the the little slogan I came up with is that a need given is a call to is a call to pray. A need given is a call to pray. And if you think that we have no needs, then you you won't be motivated to what? You won't be motivated to pray. But if you really know that we are needy people, then that will bring your heart into a greater conformity and a greater motivation to pray. Secondly, you could come to these days in our church reluctantly. And what I mean by that is you just feel so unworthy. You are so overwhelmed with your sinfulness that you personally are just reluctant to go to God at all. And folks, I want to remind you that when we are feeling that overwhelming sense of our own depravity and sinfulness, 
That is the exact time we need to go to God. We shouldn't be reluctant to go to God with that. We should be eager to go to God at that moment because that means we have needs, right? We can express those needs to the Lord. And you might be here tonight thinking about this prayer time and you might say to yourself, well, I'm just not going to pray tonight. I'm just not motivated to do so. My suggestion to you would be to confess that. You might be here and say, well, <clears throat> to use a southern expression, I'm such a sinner and I, I just, I just don't, I'm just not going to pray. I, I'm just so unworthy. I'm just, I can't pray like so-and-so. And all these types of things that we come in our minds. Folks, that is spiritual warfare against you praying. Thirdly, <clears throat> we could approach these days with a dismissive spirit. Like, well, I gotta be there, <clears throat> you know, my presence is there, and that's about it. I really, really don't think it's gonna accomplish anything. I mean, you know, what God wills, God wills. Why do I need to pray? And folks, that is not a scriptural perspective. God commands us to pray. And folks, if you think about it, it is a joyful responsibility to co-labor with Christ in prayer. It's a joyful responsibility. He actually wants to include you in proper praying before the Lord. Fourthly, you could have come here tonight feeling an unusually cold heart. You know, we all battle with coldness of heart, do we not? But you may have been fine, you may have been warm of heart, and then you thought, five o'clock, we're going to have a prayer meeting, and all of a sudden, iceberg comes over you. Guess where, guess where that's coming from? Folks, is that the Spirit of the Lord? That is not the Spirit of the Lord. Well, if it's not the Spirit of the Lord, there's only one other place that those types of motivations and desires could be coming from. And that is from our flesh. What do you think you should do if you're feeling dismissive or reluctant or unmotivated or you feel the coldness of your heart? What do you think you should do with that? You should go to the Lord and tell Him that. You probably will think I am the worst pastor you've ever met, but I've actually told the Lord before, Lord, I'm here. I really don't want to pray. And just confess it to Him. And I'll give you a secret. He already knows it. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes the Lord allows these things in our lives so that we will come to Him. And we will see Him work in our heart and warm our heart and give us a spirit that is more engaged in what we're doing. And we'll know it's of Him. What a gift that is. 
The other thing that we could come to our prayer meeting with is a distracted mind. That could have happened when you came in. That probably will be a temptation when we're praying. It's easy to be thinking about, well, I don't want to give you any ideas on how to be distracted. (laughs) You fill in the blank. But distraction really is a problem for us. And folks, we live in a distracted world and a world that has taught us to be distracted. And then we have our own natural fallen nature. And you might have to confess that. You might have to say, Lord, help my mind. It's just flitting around from here to there. And I don't know about you, but I've, I don't usually pray on my knees, but I've, in the past I prayed on my knees and by my bed and prayed and prayed and fell asleep and didn't know I did and woke up still praying. <laughs> and I'm like, forgive me, Lord. I hope I was praying while I was sleeping. <laughs> I went to sleep praying and I woke up praying. So obviously, what was I doing while I was sleeping? groanings that can't be uttered, right? No, no. You can become distracted. And we could come here tonight with doubts. Doubts that God really answers prayer. Doubts that He says who He says that He is. And then lastly, we could come here thinking, what's the use God won't answer it anyway. And folks, that usually comes when you've been praying something that you've been burdened about over and over and over and over. And you pray about it. You say, well, we prayed about this last year at our days of prayer. And we prayed about that same thing the year before and the year before. And I just don't see anything happening. And what you're saying in your heart is, well, let's just not have the prayer meetings because it doesn't matter anyway. But folks, does it matter? It does matter. And our Lord knows He's not reluctant to answer your prayers. I heard one pastor say, you don't have to twist God's arm. You don't have to threaten Him with starvation. He's eager to answer our prayers. He is the God that answers prayers. Right? But He knows the right time to give that answer to the prayer. He's righteous in what He does and how He answers. And folks, you can be assured that if you're asking something scriptural, He hears it and He answers it. And thanks be to God for that. Now tonight, I want us to give our attention of praying about our neediness before the Lord. I'm not really going to take prayer requests for this. I had you write it down so that you you have something there on your paper that if you feel led of the Lord to pray, that you have something you can pray for. And pray on behalf of our congregation. Right? It's not just you praying for you. 
It's you praying on behalf of the congregation. And I can assure you that your perspective on the neediness of our body is needed. We're not going to have all the same neediness written down. But I can assure you that we will probably have all the needs that are petitioned here tonight about our neediness. What kinds of things did you write down? Well, I wrote down some. In the book of Philemon, Paul prays that the congregation would have effective fellowship of their faith. In Colossians, Paul prayed for them that they would be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. In Colossians, Paul prayed that their hearts would be knitted together in love and attaining all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding in a true knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. Paul prayed for the church at Colossae that no one would delude them with persuasive argument. And Epaphras picks up that same theme and he prayed for that church that they would stand perfect and fully assured in all the will of God. Do we have those needs? We have every one of those needs. And you know in Ephesians... Paul prayed that they would be gifted a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God the Father being enlightened. He prayed that they would be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. And folks, our theme for 2023, Philippians chapter 1, verses 9-11, through 11, Paul prays that their love would abound more and more in all wisdom and in all discernment. Are those our needs? Those are our true needs. Now many of what we've written down on our pages might differ from that, and those would be needs. But I know from the Scripture, those what I just read to you are part and parcel of our genuine needs here at Faith Memorial Baptist Church. So let's go to our Lord in prayer.